That is the smilingest face in rock and metal yeah. right there. And why wouldn't you smile? You're married to Valerie Bertinelli, who at right the time off. was one of the hottest women yeah. on the planet. I bet he's grinning every time. <laughs> You're in the biggest <laughs> rock and roll band of the early 80s. I get to go home and <laughs> one day at a time. You know what I'm good. saying? Okay. He probably got blow delivered in freaking lunch boxes. <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> this is So I guess now we are rolling officially. We are rolling. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Metal Nerdery. It is the Billiam. What's up? The Russell. Hello. And the Wheeler. And today we are paying tribute and mourning and hopefully celebrating the one, the only, the fucking legendary Edward Van Halen. Hail and farewell. I think this is going to be almost like, in a weird way, almost kind of like, where were you when you found out that Eddie Van Halen passed away? Because you can't imagine a world without Eddie Van Halen in it. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did people do that when Elvis passed away? It was like they couldn't imagine a world without Elvis Presley or when Jimi Hendrix passed away. Yeah. So, I mean, this this is big. And when you've got billboards that are being put up to pay tribute, Across the country. I mean, it's to perhaps it's probably actually beautiful. One of the most gifted guitar players in rock and metal. Easily. Easily. And uh, if not the goat, you know, a lot of in, uh, people in the in the business and his peers and they, they call him the goat. And it wasn't just the the uh, finger work or the the riffs that he wrote and the songs that he wrote which i mean god think about Amazing. all the hit fucking songs the guy wrote all he had to do is just touch a guitar it's magic but it, he was kind of a tesla you know he he broke amps he broke guitars he was he an broke innovator pedals yeah to to make it louder and more you know always searching for that tone he was one of the first i think to like do the uh what was it, like the variac thing yeah like on the back of the plexi. to like increase yeah. gain, which is insane. That's like some. Well, he wanted to increase gain, but without having to increase volume. So right. it would heat up the tubes like super hot, like he had the amp cranked all the way to the top, but he was only on four or five. Um, you know, and on voila, brown sound. Right. That's how you get it. Yeah. And the reason is because it was the fucking shit. That's why it's called the brown sound. <laughs> brown sound. <laughs> exactly. Gross. But anyway, so today we are. Uh, we're going to be paying heed and hail and all the kudos, commitments, condiments. Edward Van Halen gets the whole fucking salad bar. That's what he gets. Right. Condiments, yeah. croutons, bacon, all yeah. of it. The ranch dressing, Everybody. he gets fucking thousand island up in there. Yeah. All of it. Um, and I, I put together a little. We have a little tribute that we'll have out on the on the website. Obviously, you guys can see the picture, of Eddie. Especially if you're watching us on the Facebook. Hello, Facebook. But. And I could read this. I don't know how emotional or emotionless I might get. Laughter is also an emotion. So if I laugh, it could be possibly from (laughs) sorrow. Yeah. But I'd like to read this. There are no words to describe the profound loss our world experienced the day that Edward Van Halen left this mortal coil. 
We have lost the grinningest face in all of rock and metal music. We have lost an incomparable innovator, a pioneer, a true maverick who completely altered for all time how we view and as musicians play the guitar as a musical instrument. He's influenced countless guitarists worldwide. He has double-handedly, wink, changed the game of lead guitar playing and guitar soloing. There really just aren't enough adjectives to cover every single incredible gift that Edward Van Halen brought to the world of rock and metal and guitar. And now he's gone from this world. Eddie, thank you for everything you've done through your music and your incredible gift to mankind. The gift of shred. Eddie Van Halen, you, sir, are a blessing, and your musical contributions to this planet have helped to raise the bar for showmanship, playmanship, and shredmanship as it relates to the guitar. We here at Metal Nerdery wish to pay homage and offer up our tribute to the game-changing guitarist of our generation, Mr. Edward Van Halen. Thank you for sharing your talent with the world. Hail and farewell. Rest in peace. Salute. Cheers. Cheers, Edward. Oh, look. And now I need another drink. <laughs> um, of course, we're all, we'll go into and we'll all remember where we were when we heard the uh, news. The news. But, you know, I think it should start off with where were you when you first heard Edward Van Halen? Oh, shit. What was the first thing you ever heard? I first remember thing I ever like heard? it was yesterday. Yeah. Let's go with your story first because I'm, I'm trying to think back. <laughs> I'm six, maybe seven, and uh, so young. Yeah, and my sister was six years older than me, and she would leave to go out to the skating rink with her friends. Right, she was like twelve, thirteen. Right, um, and skate along. She had I. I had a very early, early love for music, like. You know, when you're a little kid, you listen to stupid shit, and you know, like, or whatever your parents got, or your siblings Stout, have, or brother. Remember Elvira? I mean, all those right. weird oh, old songs boys? you listen yeah. to. Yeah, dude, uh, yeah. That that bass dude, he's fucking <laughs> metal. Don't 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 deny the power but of I the average boys. <laughs> the point I'm I'm throwing all <laughs> yeah. that out there. Bow <laughs> <laughs> bow. Yeah, right. Sorry, but I but you you love music, right? So right. so that already had an early love for music, but then my sister, what she listened to was so much cooler than what the parents and the grandparents and everybody else's music that I heard. So when she would leave to go to uh, a skating rink with her friends, I'd sneak in her room. She had a record player. I'd put the records on. She had Van Halen 1. Never heard of them. Didn't know what it was. Oh, shit. Cool-looking cover. I put the record on. First thing I hear. Eruption? Yeah. Or it was uh, the first one. It was running with the devil. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I mean, just, I'd never heard a sound like that before. Just the entire beginning, the horn going by, and then the, the it was almost bass, cr- the it, boom, like an boom, alien, boom. alien invasion or something. It like, was. what the fuck is happening yeah. here? And then when the guitar rips in, uh, I was just like, oh, sorry, shit, what, what am I listening to? And I mean, I'm like jumping on the bed, running around the, you know, like a, freaking six-year-old would but i'm playing air guitar and i don't even know what the hell guitar is really right. you know yeah. but how could you not do that hearing van halen right. that's pretty much the the reaction but that was the beginning of something beautiful i mean it was the beginning of my entire musical you know journey uh, journey yeah Saga. i mean that was Odyssey. it that that moment i can i can look at it 
like I'm watching a movie and it was yesterday. And you wow. remember that point yeah. in time? Yeah. It's just, I just remember it. And, uh, and then from that moment on, everything that was Van Halen was a part of my life. You know, a, a few years go by and they do the U.S. festival. I'm listening to it on 96 Rock and watching it on, I think it was HBO or MTV or something. They were broadcasting it live. Yeah. But, um, Anything that they were a part of, it was like a big deal to me. You know, it, I scheduled my seven-year-old, eight-year-old life around what Van Halen was doing. But you know, it's crazy. I didn't really because I remember getting into him later, like in middle school, because I had friends that were, you know, buddy Gary got big into guitar and he kind of turned me on to Van Halen, and I got into it that way. Right. But like I'd grown up with it on rock radio, but I never really got the whole. It was just another band, and it was like. Somehow I didn't get it until I saw, or until I heard like Mean Street. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And then when I really saw like Live Without a Net, that solo, that yeah. whole guitar solo, which if you haven't seen that, go watch that. Yeah. But when I saw that, that was like, "Oh shit, this dude's a magician. Yeah. He's a sorcerer. Right. He's a sorcerer of of glorious music, is what the fuck he is." But I didn't know that he was as gifted as he was mm-hmm. when i first heard him like on the radio because it was just rock radio right but then as i got into it is probably is when i started to see oh oh yeah finger looking good that's right <laughs> i don't think he licked him though bill he just kind of played him and stuff <laughs> but um so yeah anyway that i mean that was a big deal it, at that moment i knew i wanted to play guitar you know it, it you look at all the posters and everything. Daily Roth was so cool, and he was like the ideal front man. And a lot of people would idolize and want to. He be was a- like the poster child for hookers and cocaine. That's basically <laughs> what Daily Lee Roth was. But, Eddie was all about the music. Daily Lee Roth was like the. But the, yeah, then you had the smiling face in the background. <laughs> right. that was that was shredding on the guitar. The smilingest face. Oh, yeah. oh yes. That's Can we hold that up for beautiful. everyone to see? It's absolutely beautiful. Go buy that. Download that. Yeah. You can tell how old the album is. Oh, I love That's that. That's a sign of beauty. A, yeah. I'll take a hit when you're done. <laughs> Thank you for that. Take a draw of that, man. Hold on, wait. <laughs> oh, there's something about that old album smell. It's just yeah. it's the must and the weed mm. and the debauchery, <laughs> whatever it is. There's probably some coke dust in there, too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's got the track listing. It's got the personnel. It's got the production credits. Recorded at Sunset Sound Recorders, Hollywood. That was four when they recorded that. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine? That was, <laughs> that yeah. was four years Can you imagine what the studio that. experience doing this album was like, probably? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the producers and the, and everybody in there were like, well, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Sorry. It's like I handed it off to Russ. And it's like, no, Bill's going to take it. No, Russ is going to take the, it. No, uh, somebody's going to take it. And then you look at the the stories even before that album came out when they were playing in L.A. Um, they were playing parties. They're a party band. They should be playing parties. Yeah, they would play, at, you know, I guess maybe they had friends with money, but they would play at, in backyard parties and there's stories of a thousand people being at these no parties. shit. Yeah. They would play these parties and it would like, it would shut down a whole like neighborhood. Oh, that would be killer. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool as shit. I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, that would have been great, but they, yeah, they started in 1974 
put out their first uh, major label record in, was it, 77, 78? Yeah, 77. Yeah. I think two came out in 78. Right. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, that that was where I started with Van Halen. And uh, from that moment on, I mean, the first guitar that I had to have, it wasn't a Kramer, unfortunately. I was, what? eight or eight years old but it was a red and white west stone but i got it red and white because eddie's was that's where the power comes from yeah that's cool right he derives the power somehow don't know where it comes from maybe it's the color scheme right that's what it is so that's why valentine's day is such a big van halen holiday (laughs) (laughs) all the whites and reds and everything you know (laughs) maybe not i don't know it's kind of racist but okay yeah that's what i was thinking (laughs) Reds and whites together, Billiam, is not racist. Even though the, the whites kind of tried to wipe out the reds. Now, that is racist, so I'll, I'll retract that. That's probably going to be cut out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> if not, there'll be a bunch of crickets. <laughs> I will say this. With regard to the passing of Eddie Van Halen, and maybe this is just a madness thing because anyone who knows this world knows this world but there's been a lot of mourning and a lot of laughter even like like the the riff thing like we've talked about before how you can hear riffs and it'll just make you just laugh your ass off because it's so awesome like the day that eddie passed on october 6th i was actually you know doing some day drinking and i came home and after i got that news continued to do the day drinking and I pulled up, you know, the solo alive without a net and just, it's like Zen, you know, it is. as a guitar player, it's like you, that's like the journey to Mecca because I watched it. And then when it got to the part of eruption, you know, with the, you know, the, the crescendo part, the peak part of eruption that everybody knows is eruption. Yeah. The part that, oh, that's why Eddie Van Halen is a fucking God. Right. When you get to that point. I would watch that solo and it would just be just oh, it's so beautiful, oh my god! Yeah, because it was too much. It was just incredible. It's like how could one person have that much fucking talent and all the people that he influenced? Every guitar player in metal that is worth their salt, that is awesome, owes it in some form to Edward Van Halen. Right. Period. The end of story. There's no debate. Amen. But talking about live without a net, that okay? That's Van Hagar, right? And, but that was seriously the peak, I think, of Van Halen, the band, musically. Uh, if it was you, the 80s. You, you watch that video, and they were so fucking perfect. Yeah. I mean, the whole band, Michael Anthony, you know, Alex, Eddie. And well, Sammy was a groove. great guitar player on his own right. You know, Sammy can play the damn guitar. Oh, yeah. And he could sing. That guy was amazing. I'm not one of these guys that hates, you know. I, it wasn't black or white with me. I loved old Van Halen. I love Van Hagar. I think they both were great bands. They were different, but they both have their boys. Yeah, in, in rock history. Uh, sorry, but the, only thing, that, the sorry. only thing I wish, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The, you know, my biggest wish is the production of Live Without a Net. They would have had one of those with Dave, like around the 1984, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been cool. That to see that documented. Both of them. Yeah. You know, to, to see that captured would have been cool as hell because right. we never we like you can see like the us festival yeah you can watch the us which, festival and, and by the way we posted shows. these links on our facebook page so go up and i'm trying to point to wherever the anyway go to our page and go look up the i'm trying to tell the fourth wall people the people listening don't know what the hell's going on 
Maybe they will. But. I got to share this because <laughs> currently we got one person watching. And They're probably just bored. Yeah. Taking a dump. So gonna, uh, see what these guys are doing. My fiber's kicking in. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Well, shall we uh, Shall we pick a, a tune or two, perhaps? Yeah, I think the likely the best time to do this would be like a Friday night or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Saturday. Well, you know what? The Bulldogs aren't on yet, so we may have a shot at this. So. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, people are doing whatnots and things. Yeah, but if people were watching such. like football games and just sitting around and You're trying, trying to, to drink away their anxiety in life, then yeah, maybe they will watch it. Some people have a life. Oh, Some people don't have a life, and that's why they're hopefully watching this. We thank you. Or they're doing this. How do I share? I'm teasing. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Okay, yeah. so now you're trying to share in circular logic well, fashion. I guarantee if I put it on my page. We're doing some way intelligent kind of we'll stuff. Have, we'll have one more viewer. One more viewer. We'll get at least one more viewer. Yeah, if we get to three, maybe I'll show my tits. Um, here, we, here we go again. <laughs> I'm going to keep raising the ante. I'm just going to keep moving the carrot. That's what I'll do. I'll just keep moving it back. I saw I posted a thing on the page yesterday. It was it was something Eddie did back. It was years ago. It was called Catherine, and it was it wasn't a Van Halen track proper. It wasn't from the band. It was just a thing he did. I think for like a soundtrack, and it was the video. It's weird to watch because it's like he looks pained as he's playing. Like even the way he plays, it's like it's not because generally Van Halen has a pretty happy. A very positive kind of feel to it, like the way he plays, his phrasing. Right. As a player, it just has kind of that sort of happy, positive, you know, uplifting kind of thing to it. In this tune, Catherine, it's got this, it's like this sort of darker, not angrier, but kind of sort of melancholy. It's it's interesting. But anyway, check it out on Facebook, Metal Nerdy Podcast. Check out our Facebook page, which obviously, if you're watching this, you're checking it out. But if you're listening to this... Then you should go check it out. To right. me, they were always a good just party band, you know. Oh yeah, they were like Pantera, but with cocaine and hookers. Is basically what what Van Halen <laughs> I'm pretty was. Pretty sure Pantera had plenty of cocaine. <laughs> I know, <and> <laughs> but okay, they, they were like Pantera, but with not, out the anger. Right, not as not even close to being as heavy. No, oh, yeah. but without the anger. It, well, the anger drives the heaviness. So. They were fun, but you know. but to be fair. Van Halen did have some very metal moments. No, the yes. the entire album. Say yes. Uh, agree with me. For you know I'm right. No. Uh, yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> no, fair warning. And to an extent, women and children first. Those were pretty hard rocking albums. Fair warning really was. Fair warning was brutal. Unchained. But, that riff is just. Brutal. Women and Children First is one of those dark horse albums because I know it's a big one and I know it's kind of a polarizing Cradle album in the Van rock. Halen camp. But everybody wants some. But it's like I haven't listened to it as much. It's got like a bluesy vibe to it, yeah. like Take Your Whiskey Home. Like I kind of fell out into of that control lately. on that one. That one's lost of control. Lost of control. Yeah, yeah. I kind of dig that. Take that's got a metal home. vibe to it. Ah, Take Your Whiskey Home's got it. Well, that's the thing. That that's why Van Halen is metal because here's why. Because metal is rooted in blues, is it not? Yeah. As is everything else. They've got double bass. Right. Check. And some of the riffs that Edward did were brutally fucking heavy. Not even yeah. the solos, but the riffs. Ergo, oh. Van Halen is metal. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> well, to be fair, heavy metal. No, they're metal. Sorry. No, no, they're absolutely <laughs> no metal. And the reason, the reason why I'm saying this is because 
so many people are over the years we've all been pushed into this box this is what's metal but that's bullshit you go back and watch uh the years uh wait uh, metal years decline of western civilization two. Yeah. yeah two all that was considered metal they right. considered poison metal they consider but it's different it's glam metal it's you know and, and still metal and halen was a touch glam metal but they were definitely metal i mean they were the leaders of the sunset strip it was them first then motley crew then poison right then guns and roses but it was van halen that started it off with Dokken and quiet riot you know the early days it was or even the formula God, can you imagine the pretty front man the fucking wizard on guitar that was the formula it yeah. was like okay if you got those two things those two things draw pussy and money to all the shows and all the Which, record stores just think about going that's all you gotta to have the sunset strip in 1978 i can't imagine going maybe. to the whiskey you see van halen wasp Dokken. Uh, probably for like five quiet bucks riot, quiet riot with randy Rhodes on guitar that would have yeah. been fucking sweet fucking wasp with chris holmes i mean it would have been fucking wait right. a minute would that be wasp with chris holmes before the pool interview yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually shitty. doing pretty well now right on yeah but uh but yeah sounds I mean, bad to diverge to that imagine but... being back there and then these guys were friends you know eddie and randy well, it was chris a community holmes. yeah and, and george well George was kind of on the outside. He, I've seen interviews with him where he was like, first time he saw Eddie play, uh, I think it was at one of these parties. And, you know, Chris Holmes would uh, loan Van Halen his, he had a bunch of stacks. Really? He would, he would loan Eddie the stacks. I remember there was always on stories the Van, about on the back Plexus of the album, the, the stacks that are on the Van Halen one, maybe inner sleeve or whatever. Those were Chris Holmes. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He loaned him. And, um, George Lynch went went and saw him because he heard about this kid on guitar, and George Lynch said that he really like it. it took the wind out of his sails when he saw really? him. He was just like, "Holy fuck!" Because <laughs> 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 he'd been working not? so hard to get where he was at, and his big influences were like Joe Perry, you know, Jimmy right. Page, and then all of a sudden, there's this you know guy out of nowhere that comes thunder into his him. town, and yeah, just took all the thunder out of his. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't you, you can't mess yeah. with the best and just Yeah. I mean it's like what else can you say about Eddie Van Halen? And he plays piano. Yeah. And on that Catherine thing he plays drums. It's like fucking hey, what else do you do, dude? Oh, I can uh, you know, roller skate and do somersaults and do a solo on two guitars at the same time and with my toes. And he can't read Holy one shit. bit of music. It doesn't matter. When you could not read one bit of music. When he was a child, when his you're mother gifted, made, it doesn't matter. He and Alex had to take uh, piano lessons. You know, his father's uh, famous in their home country, Holland, I guess. He was a famous uh, clarinet or sax player. Jan Van. I Halen. think it was some kind of. I think it was clarinet. I think he did something on Diver Down too. So yeah, I, I think it was big, like a wind instrument bad deal. Bill. Yeah, and, that uh, bill is sweet, Billiam. Now, yes. thank you. Hello, hello. Um, but so they're a musical family. His father was a jazz musician. And, and so the mother made the kids play piano, take piano lessons. Well, Eddie never took the time to learn. He, he could just hear it and play it. He could play by ear. He's so, yeah, so he's sitting there with his teacher. And after, I think, a year or so of lessons, this, the story goes, they're playing. And Eddie just kind of knew when to turn the page. He wasn't reading the music. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he was a bullshit artist. That's probably where that shit-eating grin comes from. Right. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so the teacher finally figured out that he never learned a bit of music. <laughs> Eddie's sitting there playing, and he's like, he turns the page. He is like, you're a bar too soon. <laughs> and that's when he realized that Eddie was never reading the music at all. He was what do just- you think that teacher did, like, after they got famous, I, I bet that piano told everybody in the world. Like, I told Holy him. shit. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm the guy that taught him. <laughs> Lessons are double. How crazy would that be? That would be yeah. insane. Yeah. So, William, do you have a Van Halen memory or your first memory of the Van Halen? No, I don't, I'm sure it was just either either this record from who knows where it came from or um, just on the radio. You know, I, I think, like you said, running with the devil, I'm sure was the that always had that like, darker, creepier that feel. The they the, always played. It's so sonic. It's so, but it, you don't really get. It a sounds feel. like a live song. If you listen to that in your headphones, yeah. it sounds like they're playing it live. Well, it's Especially big. It's got the, that big like, dark mix to it. I mean, yeah. for the, I mean, the production on their first album is just Ted quality. Yeah, Blows the doors off of most. Most first albums. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that that's especially, borderline. Especially for the time frame. That's borderline perfection because everything sounds balanced. It doesn't sound, it sounds punchy. It sounds loud. It sounds present. Ted Templeman was taken to, it was either the Whiskey or what was the other big one than the Troubadour? Somewhere they were playing. What, out in L.A.? Yeah, out in Hollywood. Uh, Ted Templeman was taken by the label in to see them play live, and they were like, do you think you can work with this? And he was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Could you imagine? That would be kind of like, just like, fuck, is this going to be But to me, that's what I think he did with Van Halen, the first album. I think he made a live recording in the studio. Well, if you can capture the magic of what they're actually doing live yeah. – that's ultimately what you want on a record. You right. want to be able, and that's why, like in the seventies, minimal overdose. A, a lot of albums yeah. in the seventies had kind of, they were okay. They were kind of flat in the studio, and then they you go see the band live, and it'd be like, "Fuck, I want to go see them live." Yeah, and, and then I, it's like if you can replicate that in the studio. And I think that was the entire point of the the way that album it, was recorded because it feels yeah. like a show. Yeah, it does kind of feel like a show. Can we hear something off that album, please. What What do we think we shall start? I'm the one. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's just, I mean, we I think could it's out sit there. here and I'm the ones revel on eruption all day, but I'm the one is such a kind of a, I would call it a deep cut. Or I would say it's kind of a deep cut, yeah. yeah. But it's just so damn good. I don't know if I dropped it out the there. The whole it's on your- song is a guitar solo. The entire, from the beginning of the song to the end of the song is basically a guitar solo. The riffs are basically like a guitar yeah. solo. I'm the one, Van Halen one, Michael Mercury, hail Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. 
Double Bass. How can you not hear Pantera, though? It's like you can totally hear the Pantera vibe, you know? Like, if you took, like, the Terry Day production and added it to this, you've got... It'd be like Pantera in the 70s. Except Phil would actually have hair and look healthy and would sound like David Lee Roth. And they wouldn't have any anger. (laughs) This was 77, right? Right. So imagine this production with Let There Be Rock. I mean... Oh, shit. I mean, what? That would be sick. How did they get that that production for their first album? I mean, I, I bet Ted Templeman was probably hella inspired. He probably saw it, and if he was like... It, they've already the got show. their well. Yeah. If he saw the show and he thought they've already got their show down, all I got to do is get it on. Replicate tape. that on an album. We've got their sound. All you got to do is put a fucking mic in front of it. Hit the hit the little Billy. Hit the fucking red circle, mate. <laughs> fucking hit it. Oi, Archie. Sorry, I peaked a little bit. That's all you had to do. Hit the fucking button. And that's it. Yeah. Because that album thing. is magic. I think that album's probably blessed. I bet they've got it like in the Vatican. <laughs> I think I think so. It just I, I think that album just resonates greatness. I feel like Atomic Punk. Oh God, that's you know fantastic. back in the day I wanted to do a cover of that like with Ascension and like thrash it up because that would have been a killer fucking thrash tune. Yeah, it's a great killer band name. Thrash tune. Somebody, should, yeah, that that's Atomic a killer band Halo cover band, band name. Yeah, Atomic Punk. I'm sure there is one. Well, uh, Satchel from uh, Steel Panther was in Atomic Punk, and so was Michael Steele. Oh, okay, yeah. So they, then they that's a yes. So it's a yes. Is what you're Satchel. saying? Satchel. <laughs> He's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that name. I remember I saw them, dude, at the Viper Room in 2001, like pre pre 911 2001. That gives Metal you an Shop. idea. Yeah, it was Metal Shop, and it was like it was badass because they were playing all this. All this old 80s stuff, and it was like the energy of like going to see like you know Van Halen. It was just all party and hair metal shit, and yeah, Atomic Punk. That's fucking metal. Rubbing your palm across the string sounds so good. With flange, flangey. The day we were in college. That's just one guitar track. I am a Flange and phaser. Did you ever notice that? Oh, I was noticing that yesterday. Uh, I'll bring it up, even though we're on the first album right now. But I was listening to Unchained in the car. Another quality cranked, track. Cranked all the way. Can't go loud enough. Backshadowing. But the way he used the uh, sorry the flange on that, it's like he hits the the riff. Then it goes. Then it goes up. The timing of it the was timing crazy. Of it was like perfect. I have a feeling yeah. that might have been done like in post production because been, you almost had to manipulate it that good. way. Yeah, because I remember hearing that was one of those laugh factors for me. Well, fuck, let's pull up and chain now. 
We could do it. We don't have to do this chronologically. We yeah. could, because really, the first six of Van Halen, that's where six is a magical number. Because the first six of Van Halen and the first six of Black Sabbath, equally important. Unchained. Fair warning. Yeah, the, the flange right there. That goes up. Go buy it. <laughs> right it, every, it alternates, goes down. Then the next one it goes up. It's that like was post production. That had to be post production. Perfect. <laughs> That's fucking drop D, too. Yeah. I cannot get there from here. This is one of their songs they did. Can't you hear like the dynamisms in there, though? Like, even the way Eddie did riffs, I mean, there's like that dime kind of looseness and that mm. kind of swagger. Yeah. that flange. If he controlled it, the man is God. That's it. He is. If he could do that, it's like, oh, I just I do it with my fingers, man. Okay, now I need more drinks to be able to cheers. That's what I did. That's what you did? Oh, I dipped. You got plenty there. I got plenty, yeah, dude. I got plenty. It's like a ninja. I poured in my eyeball. I need to get I'll snort it. Give me a straw. I'll snort this beer. I'll do it right now. All right, this was probably the first Van Halen video I remember seeing. Yes. And it was live from one of their concerts. You can find this concert on YouTube, too, where they recorded this. Uh, well, the thing in the studio, I think, was like an outtake. We are like, come on, Dave. Give me a break. What? Yeah, the, the first video I ever saw from Van Halen was Unchained, and that was super cool. And uh, I, I remember think I might remember that back in the day. And then I think the second one I saw was uh, Pretty Woman, with the little people running around. They kidnapped the girl. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Yo, come on, come That's on, so you're, funny. you're gonna like this. The, Van the, Halen did a video with little midgets in them. Yeah, that sounds they, bad. Don't they kidnapped the girl, little girls, and then somebody gets on the phone to call all the heroes to come save her. So you've got David Lee Roth is uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> Wait. Bonaparte. That was the. Delicious bath. <laughs> yeah, he was Napoleon. Eddie part of a was a cowboy. Okay. He had the he had the bandana around the neck and the brown bombadita, bombadita. Alex was a American engine. And uh Michael was a samurai. You've never seen this video? I'm sure I've seen it. Maybe I was and they all go to the save time. the girl and they save her from the, the little people. And then the weirdest twist at the end. She's like this gorgeous girl, but then she's like she pulls off the wig and she's like bald and not now all of a sudden she's not attractive or something. It was the weirdest fucking video. Sorry. Just memories. Hot hot is still hot. It's like you know, if a supermodel, hair, no hair. If a supermodel yeah. takes her wig off and she's on chemo and totally bald chromium, it's like you're still hot. You just don't have hair. <laughs> That's, That's why cool. I didn't get the video. I'm like, why does okay, she doesn't have hair now? They're like, Oh, we don't want Because her. <laughs> people are shallow as fuck, Russell. That's why. Well, in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. They were shallow. It was all about the hair. It was all about the hair in the eighties. Eighties was all yeah. about hair. Remember it's, how crazy it was when uh, skinhead O'Connor came out? Or Sinead? <laughs> 
Well, look at her name, Sinead. It was missing a K and an H. Sinead O'Connor. Skinhead. Oh shit! Put a K and an H. That sounds, in there. That sounds yeah, bad. Anyway, sorry. What? Look, uh, let's back up. Um, Van Halen 2. What? Oh. Now, I will say, some of the overplayed radio songs I'm kind of out of. Night Away. That's a good one, but I think Light Up the Sky to me, that, that, that's the shit. Well, you were saying overplayed. I was saying probably uh, Dance the Night Away. Was yeah, that one's so. definitely overplayed. The Light Up the Sky is badass. I like Van Halen 2 as much as Van Halen 1. Really? Sometimes, yeah. It's a good one. It's a hell of a follow-up. It's Bottoms not a up. sophomore slump. Bottoms up is fantastic. Look, it got heavier. Oh, yeah. A little more groove. A little more overdone. Has that sort of weirdness to the riffs, you know? On Pantera. The hits on this one? Uh, hits? Dance the Night Away. Dance Away, obviously. Yeah. Um, hits. Bottoms up. I don't think that was a hit. You really. <laughs> it's like going back to the deep cuts thing before. It's like, that's not a deep cut. Wait a minute. That's not a hit. Oh. Should be a hit. But Beautiful be. Girls, for fuck's sake. Yeah. That was a hit. Yeah. yeah. That was huge. Hello. Hello. That's at the very end. That was a that was the very end of Beautiful Girls. I don't I don't think it was. <laughs> it is if you listen to it all the way through. It's like the Easter egg at the end. Ah. And the Easter egg ends with a great big wet sloppy kiss <laughs> and lipstick all over your, you know, hands. Yeah, Beautiful Girls was probably. I always thought Women of Love was a better song though. Yeah, Between the two, Out of Love again was good. Spanish Fly was so cool. I don't know what it DOA is. Doa was awesome. What is it about the beginning of Spanish Fly? It sounds like Eddie's just like. I know Out of it's Love like Again got radio play. Did it? Yeah. I love I You're No Good was probably my favorite song on the album. That's a cover. That was good for a cover. You know, I didn't realize that Pretty Woman was a cover when I was a kid. Oh, and then my dad heard it. And he was like, fuck, that's a Roy Orbison song. I'm like, who? And, I, and this was back, like we were talking about on the previous episode with Garage Days, how I didn't realize it what covers were i was just like okay well these names aren't the names of the dudes on the album so what the fuck is this and it didn't occur to me to oh it's a they're doing a version so that was still lost on me but it was like pretty woman was still always pretty woman and i thought they did a hell of a job on that yeah i don't know if i dropped that out there if you dropped that out there so so we're talking about songs but since you guys are guitar players do you have a favorite solo Uh, yeah (laughs) it's really hard that's not fair that's not fair it's like uh, so of all the of all the females you've ever seen in your life is there one that's hotter than the rest of them how about top three top top five top three solos dreams every every time i I hear dreams i just i know that's van hagar but every time i hear that the solo to that just shreds me right now is good any solo that eddie does is awesome I'm telling you, I like the one on uh, "You're No Good." That's the, a good one. It's a good oh, soul. Oh, it attacks in. It's bluesy, and it, it's just the the beginning of it. That one is good. Um, 
Here, here's kind of a weird one, and I thought about this because I like some of his solos with Van Hagar better than I did with his with the old. Stuff. Here's one a little off Besides the beaten path, you know, a little off the beaten path. Yeah. Because, and I didn't know this as a kid. I didn't know this, and this was even before I got into Van Halen. Because everybody remembers, you know, I know it's not metal, not metal alert. Everybody that's going to be whiny and bitchy. Here we go. Here, okay. But the king of pop. Warning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The king of pop had the king of guitar. And that was a solo, great solo on Beat It. It was fantastic. But I didn't fucking know that back in the day because I had no idea that. Oh, I, I didn't even know who Van Halen was. I knew as soon as I heard it. I'm like, I didn't know. Yeah. But then later, someone else pointed it out to me. I was like, that, you're full of shit, man. There's no way. Well, you know why? And they're like, it wasn't for Michael Jackson. The band that recorded that album was Toto and like Eddie's best friend, Steve Ludiker. Oh, really? So that's, and that's how they Ludiker just got him into the mix? Come in and record it. But I didn't know that was Eddie Van Halen. Of course, the fact so, that it was Michael Jackson helped. But, but when yeah. I found out later on, I was kind of like, holy shit. Because that, that would be for free, dude. That didn't would be cool. A, didn't charge a dime. David Lee Ross said he was an idiot. He was like, you just recorded on one of the biggest fucking albums ever and he didn't make a dime hey but you know what you know what you know what didn't have to don't put your focus on the money right passion first money follows it remember that every fucking day sorry i know i peaked got a little crazy angry matt back jesus christ it's not angry it's passion we're talking about eddie van halen the man deserves passion uh i will tell you one of my favorite my bad some of these uh, i'll get yelled at probably from people in van halen land but uh who cares the solo to uh, Love Comes Walking In. That's a beautiful it's one. fucking awesome. It's great. Uh, Hot Summer Nights. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I always like 5150. 5150. really like that one. I like the whole fucking album. Yeah, I do but, too, but for some reason that song, because it was kind of a deep cut and kind of a dark horse. The solo is really good in that. But it's just got um, that kind of victorious kind of. It's it's almost unfair to like. What's your favorite solo? It's like fuck. They're all good. Which one? What's the one with the great piano? Um, no, but you guys are naming a lot of them. Which I know. Is, I mean, I know. Just, well, so you, many. You this is what said, I wanted. No, yeah, you're like, what's your? Yeah. But I mean, I look at the old albums, and um, I really like the solo. And you're no good, believe it or not. I liked uh, the solo in Romeo Delight. Romeo's Delight. Um, it's on Women's Shoulder first. No, it's on Fair Warning. Is I it? I think. I think. I could be wrong. I don't think it's on Fair Warning. I think it might be on Women and Children first. Maybe it's on Women and Children. Because Women and Children first, yeah, is, is one of those women dark horse albums. Sorry. Yeah, Romeo's Delight on Women and Children. Sorry. Um, I, I liked his so as it started off with a heavy attack. Like, it was just immediately aggressive, you know. But then every once in a while. Nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. I was trying to burp and it came out sounding like, okay, he's giving head on the air. That's great. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> Thank you and good night. The one listener's like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, solo on Cabo Wabo was really good. Something about that song. I didn't really get that one early on because, like, that whole OU812 thing that kind of went off on their artistic. Any artist is going to do this, and for all the whiners who get weird about it, even Metallica, every artist goes through their. Well, no, it's this is a serious point because every artist goes through an evolution as an artist, and they do different shit. Right. See, Mixon, I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Screw you guys. Just embrace my inner autism, guys. 
But um, every artist goes through a different phase. So, I mean, so what? If there's a phase that's not like it was at the very beginning, Ozzy wasn't like he was for the first six Sabbath albums. Eddie wasn't just like he was for the first six Van Halen albums, which coincidentally, I believe, were the first six David Lee Roth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Eddie came on on number seven. I think OU812 was, uh, I mean, it had, it's a fine, uh, not Eddie, sorry, Cabo Sammy. Lava, Black and Blue, Finish What You Started. It had some good songs. Black and Blue was weird. I remember when OU812 oh, came out. I love the riff in that song. Though. I dug it, but it was, well, like when I heard Apolitical Blues, because I remember that was a bonus track, yeah. and we didn't get shit like that in America, because I guess we're fucking mm. Americans, but, and I heard it, and it's more of a bluesy song. It's not yeah. really like a Van Halen, like, shred fest. So you're kind of like, oh, hey, wait a minute, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Oh, but Black I, and Blue, when I heard it on the radio, I thought, this is strange. I liked it. It reminded, to me, it reminded me of David Lee Roth as far as Van Halen era, Did as it? far as the riffs. Which which bow, bow, which part bow, of the Roth bow, era? Bow, just bow, the vibe? Like just the 1984, general? maybe Drop Dead Legs kind of. Yeah, I could kind of see that. But Black and Blue, I, and I went to that show. I, I saw him at the Omni that year. For the OU812 concert, and they I, were, they were. I was amazing. just thinking of another good solo. I, I think Mean Street. Partly oh, because I'm biased because of the intro to Mean Street, right. but yeah. I also think the solo. No, of the Mean breakdown, Street. that whole breakdown in the middle. Mean Street is ridiculous. That's why that Live Without a Net solo is so f- amazing because it's like he's walking across the stage. In fact, if you watch the Live Without a Net solo, you could see Dime. It's almost like Dime is literally the second coming of Eddie Van Halen because. It's that same party kind of vibe. It's like, fuck it, I'm going to go smoke cigarettes and shred over here, and i got to walk on this side of the theater so I can shred for these people over here. Oh, MG was on. And it's, we didn't it's see a her. beautiful Where'd thing to watch. Yeah, she said hi to you. She's going to be pissed later when you get home. Alan looking at the screen. I can't believe you didn't pay attention to me. Yeah, I need to get another computer over there with the keyboard. So you I mean, I could have my phone. Keyboard? Just go. That way. <coughs> metal, <laughs> metal nerdery yeah, yeah, with keyboards? Way. We could chime yeah. in. Right. Yeah. You're producing us, us mouthy people. Wait, could. man. You're right, saying yeah. keyboards. I thought you meant like play piano like Eddie did on Jones. And metal. Okay. There are keyboards and metal. Unless you're right. talking about Dio. D- and Dio. <laughs> Dio. No. Let's get this straight right now. There can be keyboards and metal, black metal. Judas Priest. How about that? Judas Priest. <laughs> Touch of Evil. I almost feel like we need to put on Kiss. Just Touch to of Evil starts with. Oh, okay, okay. Actually. You Check know what? Please. You know what? <laughs> we have we have to bring this up. We have to bring this up, and then I think Archie's going to have to go get Matt another beer because at one point, I think EVH actually hit up Gene Simmons from Kiss about being in Kiss. Uh, it was the other way around, my friends. Was it the other way around? Yes, sir. Uh, they were getting ready to kick Ace out. They were Paul and Gene were done with Ace, oh, and they Eddie. they wanted Eddie Van Halen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Eddie was like, <laughs> <laughs> basically, Eddie saw the writing on the wall. He saw that he would have been. It was a good idea in his head for a moment because yeah. it's Kiss, the biggest yeah. band in the world. But then Eddie saw that he was going to be owned. By yeah. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, it was like no, and then Gene, Gene Halen, Gene, t- <laughs> you know, Gene took them. He kind of founded them in a way. He took them to their first record label meeting, and Van Halen got turned down. Really? Yeah, this was before they got signed uh, by Warner Bros. Whatever it was. Yeah, 
Yeah. But um, yeah, Gene Simmons did take Van Halen. He wanted to produce their first album. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a coup. If he would have done that, that would have been a coup. And then Bill would have been responsible for saying, okay, Gene Simmons had a hand in metal. Late late (laughs) 70s. Sorry, uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. It's his full name. It's official. Remember that. I think the whole thing where Gene tried to get them signed was before he tried to steal Eddie from Van Halen. I think it was like 78, 79. I'll have to go back and look up the real story. But from my memory, um, round Van Halen one before, okay. The album comes out when the album first came out, they weren't superstars. You know, they, they were opening for fucking, uh, What's the Runaways? Sabbath? Runaways. Even Sabbath, too, right? But, you I know, think they did have some transitional You know, Sabbath. Joan Jett, their band, the Runaways. Van Halen was their opening band when their first album came out. So they weren't immediately superstars. So Gene was done with Ace because Ace had his issues. Vices. Yes. And Gene Chemical was like, dependency. okay, we could get this guy. Anybody wants to be the lead guitar player at Kiss, right? We're the biggest fucking band in the world. And uh, Eddie said no. <laughs> Thank God. Eddie, Eddie said no. Eddie, you made the right call. Yes, he did. God bless you. So, good story, though. You I know forgot what? about that. There is another tangential item that needs to be addressed with regard to Kiss oh, and Van Halen. Hold on. I got to say it. If you listen to the Ace Frehley solo on Kiss Live 2, he was doing tapping shit even before, and that came out in 77, even before Van Halen broke. So, it's almost like, was Ace Freely doing the tapping before the okay. Ever Van Halen? The, Ever Van Halen made it magical. Clearly. No, right. there were guys he in the 60s that. doing it. I, I know, but Eddie owned it. Eddie didn't start two-hand tapping. Eddie mastered it, made it Mastered master. it. That's the yeah. word. Yeah. That's the word. Thank no, there was word. flamenco guitar players, like playing acoustic guitar yeah. that were doing that shit. Spanish Fly, which right, is right, also right. an excellent one, yeah. even though not necessarily metal, a brilliant. Well, fuck it. Laguna Sunrise is metal, so Spanish Fly is also fucking metal. <laughs> there you go, Facebook. Put that out there and publish it and share it. And also go check us out, Metal and Erdery Podcast. <laughs> And by the way, eat a dick. Yeah, nobody's watching. <laughs> Fuck it, say what you want. We're all peaking on 11. It doesn't matter. Oh, here we go. We should close out the show with this. Don't you know they were fucked up when they did this? No, I guarantee you this is how that one went down in the studio. You think drunk or coke? No, that's Daily Roth all day long wanted to do that shit the rest of my life. Fucking Molly. Yeah. Wait for it. About the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy I always have killer homies. That'd be a cool way to close it. Can we pull something off of uh, women and children? Yes, please. Maybe uh, DOA or the only one. The only one I thought of that really got me on that album was "You Really Got Me." (laughs) Ha ha. Was everybody wants some? Part of it's the Better Off Dead reference, Russ. Oh, I love that. that. The the guitar, uh, hamburger. Well, just the whole surreality of it. But it's like I. I didn't get too big into that album, but I want to. 
I need to go check that one out more. Take Ever- your whiskey home. It's pretty damn fantastic. I think we'll have to do that one next. Yeah. God, I even like the freaking acoustic one on this. Uh, Women and Children First. Is it just more like a bluesier one? It's almost like Big Bad Bill. kind of. It's like a uh, sweet Indian now. I always thought this song had a really heavy, dark vibe to it. It's got a dark feel. Like this part? Oh, it's called Could This Be Magic. So it feels this dark. Magic. Yeah, it's definitely got a darkness to it. It feels dark. It feels oh, yeah. darkness. Darkness, it feels. Don't take it off. Don't take it off. Leave it on. Play the lines right up the back of the stocking. Wait, rock song. It's a few years later. Even some of the rhythms, even some of the rhythms like Pantera were kind of unorthodox. You notice that? Headphones on, and you really hear the bass. You hear the good shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's big. It's a big mix. You know, I kind of imagine the attitude of making this album was at this point, they were the biggest fucking band, especially right at this point. They were peaking. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah, they were sitting there in the studio, like, I mean, everybody wants some serious. So they went from, like, pretty heavy vocals in the first two albums, except for. Subject matter wise, yeah. was, and then this one, they're just like everybody. You know, it's just debauchery, and they're it, th- this is their party stage for sure. They they yeah. were the band of debauchery. Yeah. I don't know. 1984 was, I think, was the peak. Yeah, yeah. That that was almost to me. That was kind of like the Highway to Hell and Back in Black parallel, where it's like they peaked out in 1984 with the Day of Era, and then they came in with 5150 with the Sammy, and then yeah. kind of went forward. That was. That was that moment. Well, I think at this era, this album, this is Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. When, when uh, yeah, Damone yeah. is selling Van Halen tickets to the kid, <laughs> it was this fucking show, you know, and Maybe everybody's check wearing out stripes Van Halen and everything the in the mall, you know. It was Pat Benatar girls were all short hair, Pat Benatar, and then the guys all had striped shit on like Van Halen, yeah. you know. So that that's why I think of Women and Children First. Oh, wait, here's the Fast part. Times at Richmond High. Here's the part. All right, yeah. I like the I like the way the line runs up the back of the stockings. I've always liked those kind of high heels No, 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 no! Don't take them off! Don't take them off! Leave them on. A little more to the right. A little more to 
more to the right. You have to admit, though, I believe that David Lee Roth helped to elevate. He was almost kind of the bullhorn to elevate Edward Van Halen. Because if you go back and watch the old shows where he would, like, announce him before or after his solo... Fuck yeah, he was his yeah, cheerleader. Yeah. He was like, you know, hardcore in the, you know. Just, well, he knew he had the best guitar player in the world in his fucking band. He was excited about it. I mean, yeah. if if you think about it, David Lee Roth was really, he was really just the the, the marketing to help propel Edward Van Halen into greatness because he was like a barker. He was sitting there getting everybody's attention because he was flamboyant, he yeah. was loud. By far was, one of the best rock and roll front men of all time. Yeah, he was yeah. walking his, cocaine yeah. in his sex. Young days. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I hate to say it, I saw him the last. Band. I saw him the last two times they came around. Dave's an old fella now. He's kind of a late. Uh, he is me, now Vegas lounge jack. But back then, though, don't you think he was kind of like the thing that that helped to really give the oh, hard yeah. sell to the band? He was front guy. Did you see his? Um, he was on Rogan. A couple of years ago. Oh, yeah? That was a good one, yeah. I'll have to go yeah. check that one out. Yeah. yeah. The JRE, the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. Shout uh, out. Can, can we get 30 seconds of Could This Be Magic? I just want Matt to hear this. <clears throat> this is, they would do stuff like this on a couple of their albums, and it's like, kind of like Big Bad Bill is Sweet. Right. You know? This is. Uh, like a departure, if you will. It's just different. I, I, I don't know what goes through their head to do this, but, you know, so. <laughs> They're fucking Van Halen. Who knows what goes through their head? The universe? I don't know. Cocaine? Thoughts of hookers and cocaine? That's not it. That's definitely not Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Van Halen. We here at Metal Nerdery do not support that kind of audio abuse ever. It, was, uh, it sounded like cool in the gang, actually. It sounded like shitty advertising music is what it sounded like. I didn't have any control of the volume on that one. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. This is Could This Be Magic? Yeah. From the women and the children first? They would just do shit like this, and it's like, where'd it come from? It is. Out upon the islands on a cool summer night. But you don't got to hurry to your time. What you need is on the menu and you get it tonight. But you got women's on your mind. Women's. Could this be magic? Or could this be. He's He's a fucking master. Yeah. This is good old fashioned boys. Yeah. And he's killing it. Yeah. Magic off in on mic snap no more on mic burps alright we're good I just kind of wanted to and then uh, take your whiskey home maybe just, okay that's just a good one just that's a moment. fucking good one just a just a hair after that I want to hear Mean Street right just because well that's a progression I actually really dig this song. Take your whiskey home, women and children first. Go fucking. Well, my baby, she don't want me around. 
Saying, so alcoholism, right? That's right. That is a fucking cool riff. And Michael's always right there in the Oh, okay. Some heavy shit, too. Balls. Balls. With that liquor in the nighttime. Good shit. Hell yes, it is. And now, the thing that blew my mind when I first heard it. And I think this is, uh, in my opinion, their most metal. Mean Street? Air quotes. This is their most metal album, in my opinion, Mean Street. No air quotes needed. It's Eddie fucking Van Halen. And uh, it's like Dime fucking Bag. It's the same thing. Mean Street, fair warning. Goodbye. He can do this, right? We used to do this, and he fucking killed this song. Hey, it's a jam. Everything that dude ever touched, he was good at. He was a bad guy. Sure. Whatever he played, he was good at. And then when we played this song, he just fucking nailed it. Tell me that's not a metal riff. Oh, you can hear Dime doing that. I bet there's a Pantera version of Mean Street somewhere. If you have it, email us at melonergery at gmail.com. So fun to sing. At night I walk this stinking street past the crazy sound of my block. And I see the same old faces and I hear that same old talk. And I'm searching for the latest thing. I break I'm talking some new kick. This is New York. This vulgar display of Van Halen. I mean, it's what he's talking about. You go out of the street. Hold on. Boy, Billy's laughing over there. Is he laughing at the vulgar display of Pantera remark? A Van Halen remark, rather. Sorry, this is all Jim a bit fucked. <laughs> I need more. And we don't worry about tomorrow because we're sick of these four walls. What you think is That is a kill riff, though. Like, you this can hear album, Dime playing that. This whole album, Dirty Movies. Uh, mean Street, Unchained. Every song on this album has a, and I think they got criticized for it. And I don't think at the time for this album, really. Out, yeah, when it came out, it wasn't received like their previous three albums. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a fucking. That's one of my favorite Van Halen records. But we heard it and really got into it ten years after. It not came even. Out. Not even. No, I heard it in middle school. So that, I mean, that album came out in eighty one though, but you you understand what I'm saying. It's like but when it first came out after Women and Children First and Van Halen Two and Van Halen One, uh was that a departure for them, you think? Yeah, it was dark. Because I, I dug it. I mean it, that tells you where my fucking head is. I did but too. I, mean, I loved it. Because like I said, the first rock video I ever saw from Van Halen was uh Unchained. Unchained. But 
I think they got criticized because they were the party band. They were the, and then all of a sudden, this one's kind of dark and see. Yeah, it was kind of like yeah. their early foray into like Pantera before Pantera was Pantera. See, <laughs> Van Halen is metal. You're just, you're, I'm fucking obsessed. You're forcing I'm forcing that Pantera fist right no. up Van Halen's ass. <laughs> No disrespect saying? to Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> if Valerie's into it, that's cool. But no disrespect to EVH. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I, I, I've i noticed since Wednesday, because we're recording it Saturday, or it is Saturday. I don't know what day it is anymore. But I've noticed since the passing of the great goat, EVH, I've noticed the parallelisms between Van Halen and, and Pantera. Not even the obvious ones that we already knew. Not even... Just in terms of like riffs and playing and just like the relationship with the brothers and all that kind of thing. Right. But the way the played the way that Eddie played riffs and the way that Dime played riffs. What? We are One, legit two. an hour and two minutes into this. Just all right. Yeah. yeah. So what are you saying? Yeah, I'm t- I, we can go as long as y'all want. I'm just saying that. We're, I mean, I'm we, have, we're I'm only a fair warning. <laughs> I mean, we could still bounce around. I mean, we could put on. Let's think. Let's talk about. I mean, ultimately, this wasn't a Van Halen dive. We're yeah, not. Yeah. We're not. No, going we're, we're just. We're drums. distributing. We're yeah, we're paying we're, homage we're to paying the greatest homage guitar the player. Yeah. really ever. Let's just say ever. Now, I'm I mean, not trying to rush it by no, no means. I'm just. Anything, I'm, I'm um, looking at it. Well, on that list that we did go through, I can't remember what number he was. Do you remember the list of oh, the guitar list? Yeah, he was I mean, eight. If he wasn't in the top ten. If he wasn't in the top ten, whoever did that list, hopefully they met a horrible fate. Because I'm kidding, I don't see if mean I can that. find it. Because saw, he should have been at I least think the Rolling top five. Stone list. He was in the. I think he was number eight. Number eight. Yeah, but they they like consider Keith Richards. A yeah, but player. only if he's behind like fucking Tony Iommi can you be number eight. Right. Eddie Van Halen doesn't deserve number eight unless the eight's for infinity. Then maybe in that case <laughs> it fucking makes sense. But no, he doesn't need to be number eight, especially not today. Well, my biggest problem with guitar player list is they're all it's subjective, and they're all different, and they're all artists. You know, could Eddie ever play some of the shit Ingve played? Probably not. But could Ingve innovate some of the shit that Eddie did? Fuck no. So it's it's like they all have their place. Yeah, you know. But still, I mean, without Eddie, you would not have. I would argue probably 90% of the metal guitar players that you have today. All the shredders. Yeah. Period. Every fucking shredder owes their life to Eddie Van Halen. Would there be a new no? Fuck no. Uh, No, that's a direct, (laughs) that's a complete, that's a direct attachment right there. Oh, shit. Metalnerdery.com slash episode slash guitar hyphen gods. Oh, okay. Looks like on this list that we went over, which was Loudwire, he was number four. That's four. Dime was five. Eddie was four. Jimmy. Yeah. And then Tony. Top Jimmy. And then the other Jimmy. (laughs) Well, I mean, those those top three, obviously. So Edward was number, what was he? Four. 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 That is reasonable. With Jimmy Jimmy Page, Tony Iommi, and Jimi Hendrix. Eddie needs to be above Jimmy Page. Uh, uh, Jimmy Page as an album producer is fucking amazing but now you're getting off into the weird tangential strangeness of the show sorry if jimmy pay you listen to him well song craft wise i mean edward's a better soloist jimmy page is definitely not the soloist and now he sounds like a two-year-old with a broken arm (laughs) 
You don't believe me? <laughs> Ask Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Holy shit, is that a direct quote? From his first, I've got the mag. My beautiful, loving, gorgeous wife bought me that about. MG is a blessing. That MG is a blessing. She bought me a, uh, for my birthday one year, she found a copy on eBay of Eddie's first appearance. And I can't remember right now if it's guitar player or guitar world, but I have the first. Oh, the magazine. That, magazine. Right. That Eddie Van Halen was in. Direct quote. Who are your favorite guitarists and what do you think? And blah, blah, blah. And they start, he's like, I don't really have any. And they're like, he's kind of an asshole. But you're talking about a 21-year-old. He's fucking Eddie Van Halen. Who gives a shit? And she said, what do you think of Jimmy Page? He said he sounds, he says he's an incredible producer, but live he sounds like a two-year-old with a broken arm. <laughs> That's like the, the ultimate just fuck said you. That about Led Zeppelin's lead guitar player. Maybe I will. Gosh. Right. <laughs> Thank you. But it could have been the coat, maybe. I'll I don't find know. it. I, it's the. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, that, go ahead. One of, one of my recent favorites, which I think is a deep cut and probably kind of a dark horse tune, especially off the 1984 record. Well, should we jump to 1984 or go to Diver Down? Because I don't think we've got to Diver Down yet. I mean, we don't. I know we're not doing this chronologically. Yeah, we don't have to do. We can stop if you want. We can keep going. Fuck, well, we can go all day. We, we can go a little. We can I go a little you, longer. We get, on, uh, we get on Eddie Van Halen. I'm going to run my mouth. Girl gone bad for whatever reason. That tune. Can I? Can I give you the direct quote? Yes, Rocks. Please. Yes, please. Jimmy Page is an excellent producer. This is from Eddie Van Halen. From the man. Uh, doesn't himself. say what year, but I want to say it's around '78. Jimmy Page is an excellent producer. Led Zeppelin 1 and 2 are classics. As a player, he's very good in the studio, but I've never seen him play well live. He's sloppy. He plays like he's got a broken hand and he's two years old. If you put out a good album and play like a two-year-old, what's the purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Dear Jimmy, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Sincerely, me. The man's talking about (laughs) Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. Shit. What's the purpose? But you know what? You, here's something to remember, especially all of us, all of our fans in Metal Nerdery Land. He didn't say that about Tony Iommi, did he? No, he did not. No, he did not. Tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? I think it does. Nope. No more fourth wall. Back to the show. All right. Sorry. Okay. Ah, uh, here we go. This song's got an intensity to it when it cranks up. I loved when I heard it. Girl Gone Bad, 1984, the last Roth album. You should also go purchase this. It's a great album. Yeah. Takes you back to that time. Oh, yeah. It's a soundtrack of our early Oh, yeah. It's a soundtrack of puberty. Yeah. Kind of. Basically. I love I'll Wait. I think that's a great song. This is one song on this album that sounds like 1978. I can see that. I can feel it, yeah. It's got that vibe to it. Can't you just hear Pantera doing that? (laughs) Seriously, Pantera, Jesus. That almost sounds like an old Zeppelin song. It does. Song remains the same a little bit. 
Oh, shit. What I did there? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I forgot how good this song was. I hadn't really listened to this in years. There's a riff in the middle. I know you know the riff I'm talking about where it kind of climbs. Yeah. That's kind of like the beginning of like the David Lee Roth sound, like my Eat em and Smile. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you hear it. This. That little climb, I kind of had that sort of Steve Vai-ish, David Lee Roth solo style and stuff. Play some fiddle. You could he play some okay. fiddle. Yeah, he was pretty good. That, that's actually probably the only instance where you could say, like, you know how you always hear people say, man, I used to like listening to Pink Floyd. That dude plays some guitar, man. That Led Zeppelin dude was good, too. Pink, Pink, he's good, man. But this is one of those ones where you can say, man, I saw Van play back in the day, man. That that Van dude, he could play some fucking solos, man. I, I drunk with Van on his tour bus one time. We did coke and fucked hookers all night long. <laughs> Van's a cool dude. Not Morrison. Halen. The other dude. No, his first name's Van. Don't you know? You know that, right? His name's Van. It ain't Eddie. I, I don't know where this Eddie thing is. but No, he, he told me his name was Van. I knew him back in the day. He knew the second drummer for Led Zeppelin. Did y'all know that? They had a second drummer. This dude was telling me all about it one night at a restaurant. I think he was out of his mind. (laughs) Denny's. We were hanging out at the Denny's. Denny's. Hey, man. Man, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and Van Uh, bought everybody everybody food. He he bought everybody coffee, too, because he liked to party, man. That dude liked speed. (laughs) He was into everything. Coke, meth, Maxwell House, every fucking thing. Van was, he was all about it, man. He was, Van's a cool dude. What's he doing today? You mean Eddie? Yeah, man, whatever, Van, that dude. <laughs> Van. Just let it go. Yeah. Oh, yes. As Ozzy would say, clap your hands. 5150. His, his tone just keeps getting better. Oh, yeah. The energy of the song to me. Is you can tell they were having fun again. Well, they kind of got back the happiness, which is what we need in life. I mean, 84 was a pretty happy album, but this was kind of a whole different vibe. It was uh, it was definitely a different vibe, uh, but it was the 80s, too. The mid-80s. See, the, I may be totally wrong. 
And I've had this argument with people. Uh oh, try me. Journey was bigger than Van Halen in a certain part of the early 80s with uh, Faithfully and. Fair enough. Uh, you know, all their big. I'm big sensing a butt. Eddie was jealous of that. You think? He was. That's where the keyboards came in, and that's where the high pitched vocalists came in. That's hmm. what. I, that's my. This, this I'm the telling you, Russell prediction. Yes, Van Hagar. No, they don't sound like Journey. They sound a whole lot more like Journey than Van Halen. Maybe more commercial ish, but I don't know if I would say going for the Journey sound because they still sounded like Van Halen. But they had that pop sensibility with Sammy Hagar, that kind of pop. Will. And it went much more Billboard. Uh, yeah, I think there was way more, quote-unquote, hits. Billboard. With, with yeah. Sammy. Well, Sammy was yeah. kind of the formulaic, because everybody, he'd already proven himself. He Montrose, his solo notes, shit. You know, he'd he already proven it. high notes like Journey. And, and I'm sure they knew that Sammy's got radio appeal all over him. Van Halen wasn't a big radio band. I mean, they had songs they that had were on radio. Songs, but they weren't But not like... Band. Van Hagar era Van right, Halen. Right. So he was probably the record labels like, oh yeah, let's Well it was the, the it was the time too. Like That's true. It was the eighties. I mean the eighties were the beginning of all the radio, all the all of the everything. Right. The, the big radio the, songs. Yeah, all yeah. the big radio it was commercialism. Like an almost it was a move made at the exact right time. Yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. Uh why can't this be love? I think get up is probably that's a fucking metal tune. Right. If you listen to that tune. Dreams. Holy shit. Well, Dreams it's is like a. Gold, every time, every time I hear Dream, it's Dreams is just a beautiful tune, but Get Up, that tune. Make it work. Is fucking balls, man. Mm-hmm. That tune is a heavy metal fucking song. Play some music. I'm gonna, there we go. I'm going to visit the Frost room. I'm going to go Frost after you, Frost. If we Frost together, we'll cross the streams. That's no, never good, Ray. <laughs> don't cross the streams, Ray. <laughs> Get up and make it work. Double bass. Double bass equals metal. You can't hear fucking Pantera playing that. <laughs> You're out of control. I'm sorry. I just I hear it. I can't help it. <laughs> oh shit! What? Tell me you can't hear Pantera in this. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> am I totally insane for saying yeah. that or? No. Or do you see where I'm coming from? Because yeah. I'm sure you hear that. It's like you almost kind of hear that slaughtered vibe. We did just do a, a far beyond driven dive, by the way. But it kind of has that. Even some of those riffs, it's like, because we already know that Dime was a huge EVH disciple. That's fact. We know that. He was his biggest inspiration. But it's like, because of the way Pantera even played, it's like you could hear kind of those subtleties in all those Van Halen tunes. I know it's totally fucking ridiculous, but it's what I think. Yes. Um, let's wrap this one up. Let us. Shall we wrap it up with perhaps the greatest guitar solo of all time, Russell? And why wouldn't we? 
I think we're going to wrap it up with the eruption. I can't believe you're in this. It's ridiculous. That is a thing of beauty. Thank you all for joining us Indeed. on this tribute to the greatest of all time. Hail. Mr. Eddie Van Halen, hail and farewell and rest in peace, sir. Thank you for existing and sharing your gifts with all of us. We appreciate it. Until the next, we thank you. Nerd out. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Everybody. Hail to Van Halen. Peace. Good night. Thank you. Thank you, and good night. And we're still rolling, Jimmy. Wait for it. He's trying to do it over his hand. It's going to be on the cutting room. Fuck all this. <laughs> Matt, shut your face, mate. The show's over. Go frost and get fucked up and come back for the next show. You got, like, two more. You might be fucking unintelligible after it's all fucking finished or any right. I don't even know what that means. Piper, can you translate? No, you can't. You don't speak Wheeler, do you? Wheeler. Hey! Later!